whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report Medical Segment. This is Dr. Lee for America with my co-host, Major Mike Gary, 25-year military veteran and chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear weapons certified hazmat response expert. And we are here today with our guest physician assistant, Deb Conrad, who has filed a lawsuit, federal False Claims Act lawsuit against the hospital who fired her for properly doing her job under the law to file Bayer's report on vaccine injured employees and patients of that health system. And she's going to tell you more about that. They fired her for doing her job properly and legally under the participating vaccination center provider agreement that the hospital itself signed with the CDC. This is really staggering violation of federal law. And in fact, we will have a copy of the participating provider agreement from the CDC as part of the show notes today for all of you listeners to actually read and see what's required under the law and to understand that the participating provider agreement for C-19 vaccination centers, all of them are threatened in the document with civil and criminal penalties for failing to report vaccine injuries to the CDC VAERS system. The public does not know that. And most of you who've gotten one of the shots and may have a vaccine injury it's very unlikely that anyone reported it to VAERS. So you can do a citizen's vaccine injury report on our website, Truth for Health Foundation, and it is www.truthforhealth.org. You file your vaccine injury report with us. We have a team who is analyzing those to see if they're in VAERS. And if they're not in VAERS, then that particular vaccination center is in violation of the law. And we have a team working to get this information into the hands of lawyers like Deb's legal team, Mendenhall Law Firm, that's filing false claims actions. So there is a way for there to be justice brought to this situation. It's going to take time. It's going to take your help as citizens across America listening to this program, if you've been vaccine injured, 
Get our vaccine injury treatment guide from our website, file a vaccine injury report on our website, truthforhealth.org, and let us be a resource to help you find the medical and legal help that you need. And both of our guests with me today, Major Mike Gary and Physician Assistant Deb Conrad, live in the Northeast of the United States. They both have been subjected to tyrannical totalitarian governors and edicts that have violated the US Constitution and their human and civil rights. They both have stories to share And Major Gary, as many of you have heard, is one of the co-hosts on our Whistleblower Reports regularly. But he and and Deb Conrad have some pretty powerful cautions and experiences to share with all of you. So welcome, Major Gary. Welcome, Deb Conrad. And Major Gary, I'll let you take it forward to further introduce Deb. Um, I've given a highlight of some of her experiences, but there's a little more information here. So um, let's let's take it forward. And Deb, thank you for joining us today. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, Deb. And uh, I thank you for this opportunity to introduce her, Dr. Lee. I really appreciate it. Uh, as you know, um, What I'm going to speak and say today is I'm not as representative of the Department of Defense. I'm representing myself and my own opinions. And uh, it is with great pleasure that I get to introduce somebody else from the Northeast that has a similar experience to myself. Uh, Deb, we heard you on Glenn Beck, I think it was last week. And my mother, who lives in a totally different place from me, she called me up after your interview and said, hey, Mike, you have to interview that uh, that PA. You have to get her on. Her story sounds very similar to yours. So, uh, and I was able to catch the end of your interview on Glenn Beck, and I realized that wow, you are actually filling out the VARES reports that I was seeing, and that were so important when I started to bring them up through my chain of command. So, Deb, could you? Uh, for the listeners out there, give us a brief um, summary of how you got into this, this mess that you're in that has encompassed your life as of the last couple of years. Absolutely. Thank you both again for having me. So, so yeah, I've been a hospitalist PA for uh, close to 20 years and worked the entire COVID, you know, pandemic in the hospital system with COVID patients. And when the COVID vaccines were released on the population in mid-December 2020, um, I was kind of very wary about them and, you know, had had initial questions about about the vaccinations and things. So I chose not to get the vaccination. Um, and And I'm glad I did, because shortly after people in our community started getting these COVID vaccines, we started seeing unusual conditions present to our hospital. And mind you, I've been at this hospital system for over 15 years. So I mean, I know what we see on a day to day basis. And suddenly things the whole atmosphere had changed. And this led me to just kind of investigate what was going on and what and if other people are seeing this. And that's when I discovered the vaccine adverse event reporting system and the fact that we were from the get go supposed to be watching out 
for side effects after these vaccinations and, and then report them to the, the VAERS system so that the CDC and the FDA could review this, um, this information and determine whether in fact the vaccines were safe and effective like they claimed from the uh, brief clinical trials we had. So I saw this as an extremely important thing because these were under emergency use. We had very short-term trial data on a very small segment of the population. And I said, just like everything, when you release it into the population, you find things you didn't, you didn't see in the clinical trials. So I thought this was the most important thing. And again, my training is about first do no harm and safety first. So I brought this issue up to my leadership and said, we need to figure out a place and some sort of position in this health system for assuring that these vaccine side effects get reported. And initially, you know, again, they didn't, they didn't want to hear about it. No one wanted to talk about the VAERS system, the importance of doing it. So I took it upon myself to start doing these reports on behalf of my health system. I notified my leadership, the emergency room, the urgent cares, my colleagues, and then everybody just started giving me patients to do reports on. And that went on for oh, about a month and a half to two months. And it just, it took up my entire life. And this wasn't anything I was getting paid for. And this is not something you can do during your work shift. So it was something I did on my days off. And I went back to my leadership and said, look, you know, we need again to talk about this. We need a system, we need to hire somebody, something to get these reports done. And that's when everything kind of turned very ugly. And it was right around April of 2021. They did an audit on my VAERS reports. And again, I gave them patients that met the exact criteria for reporting on the VAERS system. And they came back and basically said, you know, Deb, you know, no one else in the organization is seeing what you're seeing, basically gaslighting me and telling me I was crazy. And that as a result, they were going to basically punish me and not allow me to do any more VAERS reports, unless I personally took care of that patient. So any other reports, were the duty and the responsibility of the provider taking care of the patients. And I said, well, look, no one is going to do these things because again, they're unpaid. You know, we don't have time. This is very, very busy in the hospital We're transferring people all over the place. And I said, this is not going to work. We need, we need a better system in place. And they just, they, we didn't want to hear it. And the more I pushed, the more they pushed back, they started calling me an anti-vaxxer. Um, that I was contributing to vaccine hesitancy and misinformation. And it got very scary in the hospital because I soon realized I'm not going to convince these people. And then they talked about me not towing the company line. And I said, well, this is this is getting, you know, more and more. I see the picture in front of me and my job is on the line. So I was able to um, to find some attorneys that would were helping me through this ordeal just kind of writing letters to the CDC and the FDA and the State Department of Health and trying to bring an awareness of what was going on in my health system and the fact that they weren't allow me, allowing me to do this reporting. And uh, basically, we, we, we received no response from any of these agencies. It's like nobody cared. Um, and the, then the mandate started coming down for the COVID vaccine. Things got even more ugly in the hospital um, with them trying to force uh, medical professionals to get these vaccines and everyone was scared. So we kind of got distracted with that for a while. And um, 
I, I just said, you know what, I'm not getting this vaccine. I, I really, I don't care. I'm going to lose my job anyway. And I said, you know what, I, I have to come forward. I have to tell my story about what's going on on a national level in hopes that something would be done. So I ended up coming out nationally with Dell Big Tree. Um, and two weeks later, I was walked out of my health system uh, very publicly. They made an example of me. Uh, in front of on the busiest floor of the hospital in front of all my peers and basically didn't allow me to get my things just kind of interrogated me and then walked me out of the hospital. And that day my health insurance was canceled. Um, you know, it, like my life, it was over. And it's as if I almost, you know, it never existed there. It was just absolutely awful. You know, and, Deb, this is just appalling uh, treatment in an American hospital. And not only that, I suspect if you looked into what the law requires on health insurance benefits, for example, that it's also unlawful to cancel it the same day. Normally, employees have the right to choose to go on COBRA. And I wonder if they also violated the law on that front, which you and your legal team could look into, because that's that's another punitive retaliation against a whistleblower. Because weren't you by then a whistleblower with Senator Ron Johnson? Because I heard you on his press conference and that's federal protection. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, I did. I did. Senator Johnson was one of the. Um... Uh, senators that I reached out to about this whole situation. I even had a couple of my colleagues in the hospital write to him as well about what was going on in our health system. Because again, many of my colleagues saw that that we weren't doing the reporting either. And they were scared. They didn't want what happened to me to happen to them. But they were willing to write letters to Senator Johnson to let him know that our health system was blocking this, uh, this, our ability to report to bears and uh, intimidating us and censoring us and calling us names um, and making us very scared to do our legal duty. Uh, it, it's, it's just, it's awful. And well, so, I yeah, applaud no your, one... <laughs> I, I applaud your courage to continue to do what was legally required, what is morally and ethically required, and. I hope that the lawsuit is successful. Do you know whether your attorneys are bringing in the federal violations of federal whistleblower protection and the federal, uh, that, in other words, federal law prevents retaliation against protected whistleblowers? Do you know whether that's also part of your lawsuit? It is, yes, because, uh, you know, people think that I got fired over the not choosing to get the vaccine. That is not true. Um, I was working on a on a approved religious exemption. The mandates for New York State did not uh, finalize until nearly two months after I was walked out. So all of my colleagues who held religious exemptions still worked almost two months after I was walked out. So um, I was let go because I was a whistleblower. There, it, was, it had nothing to do with the vaccine mandate. So yes, I was directly retaliated against. There's no doubt. I can prove it. Well, that's you know, what I thought from, because you had, had actually, you spoke at, on Senator Johnson's press conference. You also spoke 
on our Stop the Shot campaign that we were one of the first groups to launch a Stop the Shot campaign in formally in August 2021, August 4th. And you were speaking at our press conferences at that time about exactly these issues. It's, so, it's just awful. I mean, and again, this is a this is something we are legally required to do as healthcare workers on behalf of our health systems. I wasn't doing anything wrong. And, well, no, and not only that, I mean, you were following what the law required in that participating environment uh, vaccination center agreement that the, all of the vaccination centers sign with the CDC in order to give the COVID shots and get paid for them. And I have read that document and, and there is a line in there, which you may want to quote specifically, that says failure to report to VAERS is in violation of civil and criminal penalties. So it is legally correct to say that they are engaging in a criminal cover-up. Correct. And I had actually brought that up with leadership. I have an email referencing that because I told them, you know, by knowing that there are patients that need reports done because I have providers giving me the information of these patients by knowing it and then failing to act on my, you know, to, to do these reports myself is I'm just as I'm an accomplice. You know, I, I said, I, I actually told my leadership, you're asking me to break the law by telling me to be silent about these patients that need these reports done. And they said they looked into their legal team and their legal team said, no, that I'm incorrect. And I said, no, you, I'm not incorrect. Like, this is the law. What do you do? And I actually, at that point, I was actually trying to protect them from, from breaking the law, you know? I, I, but they didn't see it that way because anybody- Well, because they talked, were being yeah. paid to break the law by the U.S. government. And Major Gary tried to also bring such information to his leadership and the same motivation of trying to help the commanders in the military and you, the CEOs and executives of the civilian setting. Both of you were trying to alert your leadership to violations of law. Major Gary, can you add to that? In our medical section, we actually had a PA, and uh, the PA knew that there was problems with the vaccine, and uh, that's when I started to do additional research to find out how to track the issues with the vaccine, which was VAERS, obviously, and I, I talked with them frequently and said, hey, what, are you going to say anything about this? Am I going to be the lonely voice? about this and to bring this up. And eventually I realized he wasn't going to say anything, even though he had issues with it. So I brought up the VAERS reports. And in uh, AR 600-20, uh, paragraph 5-12, uh, it talks about specific danger to public health and safety. And that's what I brought forward when I brought the VAERS data forward. I was alerting them that the signaling system under the law, which is under National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act of 1986, which is the VAERS system, you are supposed to report the signals that we're seeing on the ground, especially with an experimental 
uh, vaccine that we know there's exotic and new ingredients. And that was another thing I brought forward was some of the uh, new ingredients by safety data sheets. And a lot of those ingredients weren't supposed to go into people. So anyway, I, for my corner of the earth, um, I can validate what you were doing, Deb. Your reports, I was seeing, and I was trying to report up my chain of command about it. Does, uh, does knowing that when you meet people like myself and that we were using the reports you gave, does that give you some uh, sense of accomplishment or completion with what you were doing? It does. It does. Because all I was trying to do was give these patients a voice because the, the people coming into the hospital knew something was wrong. They know their bodies before they got these vaccines. They, you know, were going about their lives and then all of a sudden get landed in the hospital with some you know, new or unusual sudden medical event. And they would tell you, I, I haven't felt right since. And I was that voice that kind of told them, you know what, I believe you. And this is what I'm going to do for you. And I'm going to help to get your voice heard by filing this report with the government to assure that, that if these vaccines are in fact safe, we're going to prove it, or we're going to disprove it. We need to file these reports so that they can get the information they need it. You know, and, and I think how many patients now, they're, they're not, I, I hear from people now who go into the hospitals and the physicians and the uh, nurse practitioners and PAs are telling them, no, I'm not filing your VAERS report. I, I feel so bad for because again, nobody wants to do it, whether it's for, you know, they, they don't have the time to do it or they're afraid. I honestly think now, because you have to know that the system is in place, there's been so much talk about it, but I think now the issue is physicians and medical professionals, they're, they're afraid to file. They're afraid. Well, to you know, Deb, as you have contact with people who tell you those stories, urge them to at least go to our website and file their own. It takes about 15 minutes. Our form is actually very simple. You should try it. Okay. with some of the people that you know and and go through it. it. It does not, if people have the information about their shots and the dates and that information, if they have that at their fingertips, it'll only take them about 15 minutes. It's very user-friendly. It was designed to be quick, simple, and easy for the average person to use. And then we have mechanisms. There are questions on our form that allow people to give us permission to contact them with resources for lawyers. And we, we have had, we have volunteer nurses that, and, and PAs that have assisted us in reaching out to the people with serious injury to see if we can guide them to some medical resources. That's something, for example, that if you were, affiliated with us, you could help us do and help direct them because we're, we're not just ignoring those forms that are filled out. We're trying to help people get legal and medical help. So as you're out there speaking, encourage people if they're, if, if the healthcare people they are seeing are saying, we're not going to file your VAERS report, and that's too intimidating for the average person to try and do, 
then at least go to our website, fill out the simple citizens vaccine injury, and we will help them take it forward. That's great. We've been doing that for a year, but wow. unfortunately people, we have a hard time breaking through the censorship for people to know it's there as a resource for them. I think the other thing that's very hard for patients in general is they don't know what's a vaccine injury and what's not. And I think that's, that's what's really difficult is many people have don't even relate what they're dealing with to the vaccine, especially now, because many people were vaccinated, you know, well over a year and a half ago. So a lot of people don't realize that some of the autoimmune conditions they're experiencing or the chronic fatigue or chronic pain, whatever, their brain, brain fog, fog. That it's yeah, that it's all related to this spike protein in the vaccine. And then you compound the problem of getting COVID on top of it. Well, that's um, where our fact sheets on the vaccine injury and this the facts, the vaccine injury treatment guide lists all of these kinds of health problems. And it's a very user-friendly layman's language book, booklet free on our website that people can read. Here are the symptoms. I mean, I'm treating these patients in my own medical practice, separate from the foundation work. And I wrote it. The vaccine injury treatment guide was what I wrote as a practicing physician treating the vaccine injury in my patients, listing all the diagnostic tests that I use that get to the bottom of the problem listing the imaging studies, listing the combination of prescription medicines, nutraceuticals, vitamins, minerals, lifestyle changes, dietary changes, hyperbaric oxygen, all of the things that are known to be helpful at removing the spike protein and the toxic inflammatory effects of the lipid nanoparticles. And it's not just one supplement. It's not just natokinase. It's not just zinc or vitamin D. You have to put the whole picture together for each patient. And if people, if you can, as you're out there speaking and interacting with people, let them know, if you don't know whether this is a vaccine injury, read the guide. It tells you what to look for. It validates what you're experiencing because I'm seeing it medically. And then there is the injury report and that list all of the kinds of symptoms. Look through that on the website and you'll be surprised. We have covered um, every organ system damage that we have found reported related to the COVID shots and other vaccines. It's not limited to COVID shots. So if people will just go through that form, they'll say, oh, I didn't know that could be a vaccine injury. My doctor didn't tell me. Well, I know the doctors are lying about it. So um, now, that you, now that you've heard my rant about all of that, because my profession is failing people, we have to take our break and we'll be right back. <laughs> this is Dr. Lee for America. Go to our website, www.truthforhealth.org. Download our vaccine injury treatment guide. Fill out a citizen's vaccine injury report. Let us be your advocate. Let us help you. And Attend our Faith Over Fear every Tuesday evening where we become a community of support for all of you that are going through the tyranny 
the medical uncertainty, the lack of help, the spiritual assault, the psychological and medical assault. We're in a war and we are here to be your support system and to give you guidance in the physical world and the spiritual world on how to get help and strength for your roadmap to recovery. We'll be right back after the break. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative things. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code OUTLOUD and get 20% off. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. The family of Juliana Parker sincerely thanks the Truth for Health Foundation. Without their support and help, we would not have been able to get my mother out of the hospital and into my home where I could take care of her for the last few days of her life. Offering us comfort care just wasn't good enough. We knew that she could be with us longer and it was a fight to get her out and without their support and help and their list of all the things that we needed to do to make this happen, because it definitely seemed like it was going to take a miracle. And that miracle came. I look back and I can't believe that we were able to go against a giant hospital, bring our mother home and then 
I just remember fall. It was so beautiful when my mother passed here in my living room and they took her away and I could see all the beautiful leaves. Anyways, thank you. This is Dr. Lee for America with the second half of the Whistleblower Report back with our guest, Major Mike Gary, co-host, and Deb Conrad, hospitalist physician assistant with a 20-year experience taking care of sick people in the hospital and knowing what happens typically in their health system, who spoke out and tried to do the right thing under the law and under her duty to patients morally and ethically by filing the vaccine injury reports required by the CDC for any vaccination center. And she was fired for following the law and for bringing the law to the attention of her superiors. So in violation of the CDC participating provider agreement in violation of normal medical and legal ethics in hospital systems, she was fired. So Major Gary, that also happened to you in the military. So what thoughts do you have that you want to bring out with Deb Conrad? Yeah. So what I would like to ask Deb is, um, she was uh, fired a couple months ahead of her own peers that were asking for religious exemptions. And she was kind of made an example of, and I know like once you get that stigma, it's hard to overcome it and it's very isolating. So Deb, for the audience out there, can you kind of explain how, how it is to live with that scarlet letter or that stigma? Oh, that, that's a that's a hard one. Um, I live in a small community. So the problem with that is that I don't want to go anywhere in my community anymore, because I run into people that either I worked at, worked with at the hospital, or, you know, people who know my story. And it's very difficult. In fact, just the other day, I, I went out to lunch with a friend, and a very prominent figure in the hospital happened to be in this small venue, and it was extremely awkward. So um, I don't feel I belong in the community that I've lived for 20 years. Now, there are a lot of people who support me, of course, but there and, and but there's still a, a lot of people who um, it's not that I'm shunned. It's it's just people don't know how to deal with me anymore, because obviously, two years later, we see a lot of people see this for what it is, even people who chose to get the vaccine. And they don't know how to approach me. So my my whole life has changed. I used to love going out to garden centers and whatnot and running into people I know. And now I just feel very isolated. Uh, it's very difficult um, for sure. Because when people, when I run into people, the first thing they want to do is explain to me why they got the vaccine or why they had to keep their job, you know, why they didn't stand up kind of thing. And um, that's, I, 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 it's like, they don't want to ask how I'm doing. They want, they just, they need to explain to me why they chose to just turn their heads when I was being locked out. That's, that's very funny uh, that you, you have the same experience as me. People, Mm -hmm. when they come up to me, they do the same thing. They have to validate their actions. So they must feel very convicted around me, like to explain themselves away why they, why they got it. 
or uh, why they didn't do anything about it, or why they didn't fulfill their religious exemption uh, opportunity. So that's interesting that you found the same thing. Uh, I'd like to read this uh, little excerpt for you, and then I'd like your reaction on it. This is, uh, I picked up a new book. It was called Presidential Takedown, written by Dr. Paul Alexander. He's the senior pandemic advisor to the, to the COVID-19 task force. And he says this, although I'm a Canadian citizen, I've been lured into working for the United States by the siren call of being able to apply my special expertise to perhaps the greatest historic challenge to public health only to find myself chewed up and spit out. No more than two years after I accepted the position, I struggle to make a stable income. Uh, so for the audience out there, do you have any reactions to hearing this highly credentialed doctor who was relied on during the early days of COVID response? Do you have any reaction to that, Deb? Absolutely, because I'm in the same position. Like, I, I, you know, I, it's been what, almost two years now since I was fired. I'm only working per diem. Where am I going to go? Right? Who's going to hire me? I've tried. Nobody wants to hire me. Um, so, and then, and then there's the, the mental health piece of it of how, how do you go back to a health system that betrayed you? You know, I look at everything so differently now, because again, to be fired for following the law and doing what your whole profession is founded on. And that is to make sure you're not going to harm that person in front of them before you do the intervention, but then to be fired and lose your job and your livelihood and your reputation and everything for doing the right thing. It's, it's, it's very difficult to exist in society. Um, but there's nowhere to run. So I, I do, I, I, I identify with Dr. Alexander and all of the people who, who just tried to stand up to do the right thing. Um, and there is, you know, many of us, it, it's crazy. Yeah. And then try to exist in a society when you have people that just want to give you excuse after excuse for why they didn't stand up. Well, and that was going on for me as well. I mean, Dr. Alexander is a PhD um, epidemiologist who is, extremely well qualified to speak. He was not treating patients as I was, but all of us who were actually treating patients in February, March, all through 2020 and into 2021 were threatened with loss of our medical license for prescribing hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin and all of the effective outpatient early treatment combination therapies and for speaking out against the hospital deaths. So all of us physicians were threatened by the medical boards, by state governors for trying to do the right thing. And that's why I think all three of us on this call today have been in the trenches of this warfare against our medical freedom, against our independent medical judgment and our ability to properly treat our patients and report injuries and get help for them. It's unconscionable what has happened in the United States of America under our constitution. Basically, our constitution was thrown out the window entirely with the declaration of the COVID pandemic in 2020. 
And we have been living under totalitarianism and tyrannical dictates, particularly from the blue state governors, as both of you experienced. No, this was something, and I just said for myself, my, I answer to God and I answer to my duty to my patients and independent medical judgment is required under the Medical Practice Act. And I am not going to stand by while patients die on my watch if there's something I can do to help them. And I started looking into the research on hydroxychloroquine in early February 2020 and found right away in five minutes the publication that Anthony Fauci's own journal, Journal of Virology, NIH, published in 2005 that chloroquine and its sister drug hydroxychloroquine had potent antiviral activity against SARS-CoV-1 and SARS-CoV-2 shared 80% of the genome. I knew right then we had something we could use. And I started using it for my patients. Now I see lots of benefits for it because it actually has NIH studies as an anti-diabetes drug going back 40 years, anti-cancer drug, that is being used in about 16 different cancer clinical trials at NIH. And it's been safely used for autoimmune disorders. And I'm treating the viral illnesses and the COVID vaccine injury. All the way around, it is a crime against humanity that that early treatment was suppressed. Deb, did you see the same suppression at your hospital? Oh, gosh, absolutely. And, you know, when you were talking about like all the other off-label uses that we can use hydroxychloroquine for, no one would get on you for that. They look, if you, if you said, oh, I'm going to prescribe it off-label to help with diabetes management or something else, no one's going to get you after you for that. But if you do it for COVID, they'll shut you down. People need to question that. We've been using drugs for off-label purposes forever. But why is it that only for COVID can we not use certain drugs? Uh, people just miss so much common sense. It's, it's crazy. Well, it was clear that the government, the DOD contract that was in place for Pfizer and the others who develop a prototype COVID-19 vaccine mRNA technology, that contract was the reason they needed to prevent early treatment because only if there were no treatment options as specified under the PrEP Act, could there then be an emergency use authorized product to call a vaccine, even though it's a gene therapy shot, not a traditional vaccine. So this was done by design and it was, this was something that I exposed in my first national editorial in March of 2020 that was released, the American Association of Physicians and Surgeons, sorry, the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, AAPS, I've been a member of for 28 years. And they were releasing my editorials on this nationally beginning in March, 2020, talking about the reasons for the suppression of early treatment. And then later editorials that year that I did about the hospital incentive payments that were being given to restrict treatment to just remdesivir and ventilators. And patients to this day, many patients to this day, don't know that the hospitals were paid a 20% bonus on the whole bill 
to use remdesivir and prevent hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Absolutely. Major Gary, any comments you want to make? Yeah, from my position, um, so being a Seaburn officer, can buy a rad nuclear, right? I had always looked at this as being a gain of function, an offensive biological threat. And uh, so I always had that kind of uh, window that I was looking through at this. And of course, what was about three weeks ago that Dr. Redfield uh, of the, the former CDC head had uh, testified under oath that he felt it was the same thing. So now I think the news is getting out there that this thing was a gain of function offensive biological threat. And uh, so anyway, that changes things, right? But you couldn't ever say that, especially up here in the Northeast, because you would be labeled a conspiracy theorist. And now that the truth is coming out, I have a quick little quote. It's from Elon Musk speaking to the uh, BBC reporter from yesterday. And the reporter was asking him, well, shouldn't there be warning labels on speech? And then Elon Musk answers back, has the BBC changed its COVID misinformation? Because now we know everything's turning around and, and it's coming out that, yes, now it was a biological threat. And so many other truths are coming out at this point. So do you have any reactions to that, Deb, or things like that? No, absolutely. It, it, it brought to mind when I was in the hospital, I had a meeting with my chief medical officer and my direct boss, because they were basically reprimanding me for even talking to patients about the vaccine in a negative light. So, um, and I swear there were spies in the hospital or something, but basically, you know, family members apparently would complain when they were in the room, when I was talking to their loved ones that came in for a heart attack or whatever was going on with them. And they would ask me, do you think this is due to the vaccine? And I would always tell them, I can't tell you if it's directly a cause and effect, but I believe you. I believe that something's not right. And what I can do is again, file a bearer's report and document this occurrence in your medical record. Just by doing that, I was called a misinformation spreader. And I had a meeting where I was threatened by my chief medical officer to be reported to my state PA society for potential license removal, just for acknowledging that there may be a problem and that I was going to document it in the medical record. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, it is absolutely crazy. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's evil. I, I really want to specify we need to use words that describe what this really is, because we, I, we give in to the left and they're co-opting our language much too often. Healthcare providers is a generic term used to demean those who have advanced degrees and to make everyone equal in a communist Marxist ideology. We are talking about healthcare professionals, physicians, nurses, physician assistants, people, physical therapists, people that have specialty training and professional responsibilities and commitments. 
we should not be giving in to their language. It wasn't crazy, and, I, and I'm not um, criticizing you, Deb. I'm showing how all of us inadvertently give in to their language and perpetuate the psychological operation that it was um, accidental or by mistake or by incompetence. It was none of those things. The COVID pandemic was orchestrated and planned to the nth degree with legal framework, legislation, DOD contracts that go back 20 years. It's all documented. Dr. Peter Reagan's book documents it extremely well. We have found and documented many of those uh, long, careful planning details ourselves. So it wasn't crazy. It was by design. It was to serve the global agenda of the globalist agenda that has been stated clearly for at least the last 25 years, elimination of private property rights, elimination of borders, and depopulation. All of this has been building to that, the, the skyrocketing death rate. So let's all of us be clear with our listeners, this was a designed destruction of the United States of America as a sovereign nation, our borders, our constitution, and people's lives. And that's the bottom line. That is what the whistleblower report needs to keep exposing to wake people up. Closing comments, Deb and Mike, and then we will wrap up today and have you both back another time. Yeah, I've got uh, a quick verse, verses that I want to share. It's out of Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 6. It says this, Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves are in the body also. Marriage is honorable among all, and the bed undefiled, by but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content in, in, with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Go ahead, Deb. I just wanted to give that. I felt that would be some calming, peaceful words for you. That's, that is, that, that's so great. Now, I, 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 I thank you both again for having me. I am speaking out over and over again to anyone who wants to hear, because I think the biggest thing is just educating the public on what is going on. At the time when I was going through this, I didn't see the bigger picture. Obviously, now I do, and I see this for what it is. But at the time, there, I, was, I felt so alone and, and like I was truly kind of going crazy. I, I could not believe that these individuals I had worked with my whole career would do such a thing. It, it's, yeah, it, it's mind boggling. So now I spend my life just advocating, advocating for truth and, and what little you know respect our profession has. I want to work in a medical system that is honorable again, that is just, that is truthful that has honest clinical trials people run around and you know talk about this you know you're you're uh, 
anti-vaxxer. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I would support vaccines if you show me good research that was done behind them. I just feel lied to by my profession, by my medical training. My eyes have been open to the corruption that has been going on in medicine forever. And it's really hard. Um, and there's a big part of me that that says I, I can never go back to that system that um, that I used to work in. Um, they honestly don't deserve me. I, I am headed for something better. And I truly believe that that's why God did this and came into my life and used me for his purpose, because I'm going to be part of the movement to make it better into the future um, and to have the medical system where we truly bring a healing and hope to patients, not constant sick care that, that I've been in all this time and not realizing it. Deb, I absolutely believe that. And throughout my entire career in medicine, I have focused on what is right for the patients and what is right before God and the law. And there are those of us who stand for those principles. You are now one of us and we welcome you on our truth team for any of the ways that you may wish to contribute and work with all that we're doing to create the new model that goes back to the fundamental principles that are biblical principles based in the Old and New Testament and Jesus healing ministry, and that go back to the ancient Greeks during the time of Hippocrates, who is known as the father of medicine, and it is the oath of Hippocrates that physicians take when it's stated properly, not the corrupted version they're using now, that states very clearly that I swear before God that I will do what is in the best interest of my patients without consideration for my own income. And there are many other aspects to it. Later, Sir Thomas Sydenham in the 17th century added the focus on first, do no harm. So that is our history as healthcare professionals. And in closing, I'd like to share the quote from Pythagoras that has guided my entire 40 years in medicine. And he said in the fifth century BC, the physician's task is to teach men and women the spiritual and physical laws of life and to live in accordance with God's purpose for them. That is our mission. All of you listening, join us. Sign up for our email alerts at truthforhealth.org. Fill out the vaccine injury. Download our vaccine injury treatment guide. Stand for truth. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. Tune in every day, Monday through Friday, on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network, 12 noon Eastern and 12 midnight Eastern time, and share our messages with your friends and network. Sign up for our email alerts and our programs at www.truthforhealth.org and join us every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. for our virtual community seeking faith over fear and bringing you 
topics across all areas that affect us today, from medicine, ministry, law, the environment, and ways that you can develop your health and resiliency for all that we face in the chaos. Our message is control the controllables and be prepared. Be prepared and strengthened to stand against tyranny, to reclaim your freedom, and to stand for God's truth and medical truth as our founders envisioned for this constitutional republic, one nation under God with liberty and justice for all of its people. God bless you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you back again tomorrow for the next Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation.